This morning, we begin uh, the, the last five weeks of this series. We're going to take time to, to look at each of the five core values that we have as a church. These aren't new values. They're the ones that we see have been a part of the DNA of Purpose Church for decades and decades. And we want to keep before us all the time about how we can live these out individually and in groups and as a church. And so we begin this morning with uh, the first value. But uh, before we do that, I want to make an announcement to you. If you take out uh, your outline from your program... There's something I want to turn your attention to on there. On the back side of the, of the outline, you see on the right-hand column, it says, join a restart group. And uh, I want to announce to you something that's going to be available in two weeks. It's a uh, very excited about something, a book we've uh, produced and written uh, as a church. And we are, uh, call, it's called Restart. And a chance for you to, to have a 40-day devotional, a uh, time for you to do daily readings, and then it's designed for you to then come together as a group. But uh, for you to be able to figure out uh, how God is calling you to take that next step in living out these five values that we begin to talk about today. And so we have these uh, for some groups, some advanced copies, and then you, you can take a look at those in the lobby. But in two weeks, uh, you can see the information about uh, getting one of those devotionals to live out these values. But this morning, we start with the value that we're better together. As you saw in that video introduction, uh, God's uh, designed for us and, and how we can take that next step in living out this value that we're better together. Now, if you're into sports, uh, you know that this is true. Uh, as we think about the Super Bowl next week, no matter how good a quarterback Tom Brady or Matt Ryan are, there's no way they're going to win the Super Bowl by themselves. They've got to have that team around them. They've got to surround themselves with the right players and the, the right team and the right coaching staff uh, to be able to, to accomplish success in a, in a competition like that. But this message isn't just about teamwork, how we can be better team players or be a better team together or uh, how we can uh, succeed in life by, by being better together. It's about the, the very nature of God. When God describes himself to us in his word, and when he describes how he's designed us to live uh, individually and in groups and as a church, uh, what does he share with us? And that's what we want to spend our time with this morning. We see that God created you and I to share life with others. And I think this is something that we, we all recognize in some way or another intuitively. But also, it's something that is there in black and white from the beginning of Scripture to the end. Uh, and there's so much we can learn and apply to our lives about what God instructs us. First, we see that it's the way that God designed us. God never existed in isolation. The Bible uh, teaches us that, that God is one God in three persons. That from the beginning, he has existed in, in perfect community. And out of the overflow of that community, he created us in his image. We see in Genesis 1.26, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And as we read the creation account, what is the one thing, the only thing that's mentioned as not good? We see in Genesis 2.18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. And then you look at how he designed us physically to, to be born uh, into families, not into isolation, but into families where we would be nurtured and grow and, and uh, grow up in families. From the beginning, we were created for relationship with God and relationship with others. We're better together. Now, even though that's true for every one of us, 
That's the design that God has for us. It doesn't mean that it's the same for all of us. In fact, this morning, I know that as we, as we gather together, there are people on all ends of the spectrum in terms of how this, what this looks like in your life. Because this morning, I know there are some people that are at this far end of the spectrum. And this morning, when, when I started talking about relationships or you saw that video, uh, you just came alive inside and you thought, gosh, here's a whole bunch of people. I can't wait to meet these people and to get to know some people, to share my life. In fact, you know, we could put a big R for a relationship on your chest and you would be excited to, to just broadcast that or a C for community. And you're just all about that, you know, sharing with other people, sharing your life and hearing from them. Uh, that's all you're about. But then we have some people on the other end of the spectrum over here. We won't ask you to raise your hands. But, but you're here and you think about, in fact, you take the R and the C and you'd put a big slash across it, right? You, you think, you know, coming to a group of people that I don't know and having to get to know people or if I had to talk and share something with them or I had to actually listen to them or any of those things, it's like, you, you know, you feel like that'd be like going to the dentist for you. It'd be so painful. And so, so you're in, on this end of the spectrum. And we have people all across the spectrum here this morning and here at our church. And, and that's the miracle of how we are better together is that we're not just talking about God designing us, the, those who are, 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 are searching for and looking for relationships, uh, but everyone on that spectrum of finding that experience of community for you. That's the miracle that God does in his church. And so this morning, uh, we see that from the beginning, God designed us to do life together. But, but what about, uh, and that's the Old Testament, what about the New Testament? What about Jesus? What do we see and, and learn from him? Well, uh, let's look at what he modeled for us. How did, how did Jesus begin? Uh, we look in the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that tell the story of Jesus' life and ministry. And as we, as we look at those, we see uh, in Matthew, the first Gospel, the early chapters uh, share the story of Christmas, about his, his birth, and about his uh, growing up. And then we see in Matthew chapter 3, he begins his, his ministry uh, as we see that uh, he's baptized. And then in the beginning of, of chapter 4, we see he goes into the, the wilderness, the desert, to, to be tempted. And uh, we see then he begins to preach. He begins his earthly ministry. And so as he begins, we see that, that as he preached, he didn't uh, preach or, or set up some kind of institution or invite people to a list of duties or tasks or to certain religious practices. Instead, he gave a simple invitation over and over and over again. It was, come, follow me. He invited us into relationship, not into being part of some organization or institution. Come, Follow me. It was that invitation to relationship. And as he begins that movement, we see what does he do first? Uh, Matthew chapter 4, we see as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Jesus uh, invites uh, first Peter and Andrew, the brothers, uh, into this relationship, this circle of relationships with him. And then it goes on in verses 21 to 23. We won't read those, but uh, he invites James and John the same. And then uh, in each of the Gospels, 
uh, we see a little different perspective on Jesus' life and different things that are emphasized. Some things that are included in some Gospels and some that are included in others. But this is something that is included at the beginning of every one of the four Gospels. That the first thing he did was to call together a group of guys. He, he brought together 12. He, he created his small group who he would do life and ministry with for those next three years. And as we walk through the Gospels of seeing how Jesus did life uh, during those three years, how he did his ministry, it was with those group of guys, his small group, walking through life, sharing life together. And at the end of those three years, how, how did he spend his last hours? How did Jesus uh, decide to spend his last hours? You, you think about it, if, if you were going to be uh, starting this movement and you're going to leave and hand it over to others, uh, maybe you'd you know, kind of seclude yourself and, and write a book that would be able to share with them everybody that could be published and, or, or transcribed and, and given to people so that it could be uh, spread to people so that that movement can continue. Or maybe you'd write job descriptions, kind of, you know, here's this position to lead the movement in these ways. But that's not what Jesus did. We see in Matthew 26, verse 20, that when it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and they were eating. Underline that uh, they were eating in your Bible. Because uh, we see actually throughout the three, three years in, in uh, Jesus' life and ministry in that small group, often they were eating together. And so any of you this morning that for your small group, uh, you brought the donuts this morning, you know, you're following Jesus' example. Maybe not donuts, but, you know, I tend to think that he brought unhealthy food, you know, when they were eating together. But... But, but we see that uh, they didn't just meet to, dis, you know, to transfer information, but they shared life together. They're eating together. And, and particularly on this, during these last hours, they shared a meal together. He washed their feet. He, 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 he shared his heart with them. Uh, and he uh, had them pray with him. And they gathered around him and were there as he was arrested. And what did he do after the resurrection? Again, uh, he didn't find the, the big, what I might have thought would be the best thing, strategy to do. He didn't find the biggest crowd where he could uh, appear and, 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 and launch this movement with a huge crowd instead. Uh, or he didn't uh, confront the, the strongest rulers of that day and, and claim his victory over those rulers. Instead, we see that again in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they record him going and spending time gathering again. He, he appeared to, to many different people, but he spent over those 40 days, he spent time, and the first ones he went to was that small group coming back to, with them. We, in fact, we see in John 21, I like to pick out the eating parts of, of, of the scripture you'll find, but in John 21, what does he do? He makes breakfast for them, and they gather again as, as they're there by the lake. Uh, Matthew 28, Two weeks ago, Pastor Glenn talked about the Great Commission and, and uh, how uh, that is our, our vision to fulfill the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and we're familiar with that part of it. I have to confess that for many years, as I thought about the Great Commission, I always pictured Jesus speaking to a crowd like this, of going up on the mountain and, and sharing that, you know, commissioning all those people who were followers of him. But we see in, in verse 16 of Matthew 28, uh, just before the Great Commission, that then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. 
Again, he gathered that small group. He gathered those ones who'd done life with him, and it was sharing, imparting to them that great commission that then would be multiplied in person upon person and group upon group uh, for that movement. Now, I know that sometimes, Pastor Glenn mentioned this a little bit uh, last week in his sermon, that there are people who say, you know, I'm, I'm good with Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. But but the church, you know, I, I see some hypocrites in the church, or I've been wounded by somebody in the church, or groups, you know, I, I just never have found a group that I really fit with. And, and so I'm good with Jesus, but I'm going to just follow Jesus on my own. Not connecting with the church, not connecting with a, a group of, of Christ followers to do life together. I just say, as, as I look at Scripture, I, I don't see that is described the way that we do life as a, as a follower of Christ. Instead, we see how God created and designed us. We see what Jesus taught and modeled. And then we see how the church was birthed. If you, uh, if you look, turn over to Acts chapter 2, as we see the book of Acts unfold as the, the Holy Spirit comes upon the church and the church is, is, is birthed, what happens? Well, Peter preaches a, in Acts chapter 2, we see that Peter preached a sermon <clears throat> And in verse 41, uh, so those who received the word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. What an amazing experience. And then it goes on in, in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So what happened the, 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 this movement was birthed. 3,000 people were, were, were saved that day. Think of the excitement and the awe and the wonder that we hear about. What did they do? What characterized the movement from the very beginning? We go on in those verses in verse 40, 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds all as they had need. Uh, we see right away that people were mobilized to, to give and to serve, as we'll be talking about in two weeks, that, that value that we have that everyone is designed to serve. And day by day, attending the temple, so they gathered in, in those large gatherings in the temple, and they, they listened to the apostles' teaching, but also in the breaking of bread in their homes. They gathered together in those small groups in homes where they could really truly get to know each other and care for each other with glad and, and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's the picture we get of the church when it was birthed. And as we look at all the instructions that we have for the church in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in Romans chapter 12, it doesn't describe joining an organization or coming to an event. It describes becoming a member of the body. It's not an organization, it's an organ, a living organism that, that each one of us are described as, a, as an indispensable part and that, that we need to find that place to connect and serve in the body of Christ. It's how we were instructed to live. Uh, and it gets very practical in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. It says, And let us consider him how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. And so 
uh, we, we, we see in this verse, there's some, some practical steps. It says you, if you're, if you're going to experience being a part of the body of Christ, then you've got to come together. You've got to meet together. And so right now, the choice that each of you made to come together in, in worship and, and with the diversity of our backgrounds, how long we've been in the church or if this is the first day we've stepped into a church, uh, where our, our faith has been or where our week has been, uh, diversity of ages and ethnic backgrounds and all those things coming together to miracle to experience uh, worship together and God speaking to us together. We're, we're to, to, to meet together, but meet together in a way that, that we can actually spur one another on to, to love and good deeds, to encourage each other, not just to get information together or to have an experience together, but to have life on life where we're encouraging each other, where we're spurring one another on to love and good deeds. The rest of uh, the New Testament goes on to tell us 57 other one another's. This says we're to encourage one another. But there are places again and again and 57 different one another's. Many of them are repeated again and again. But we're to accept one another. We're to forgive one another. We're to bear with one another's burdens. We're to rejoice or celebrate with people. We're to, to mourn and cry with people. We're to pray for one another. And the list goes on and on. A list that is described about those things, uh, what we're to do with and for one another in the body of Christ. And those involve relationship. It involves uh, stepping out of isolation and getting to know someone so that we can, we can carry out those commands that God's given to us. As Christ followers, uh, as followers of Jesus, there's much we can do to connect with God on our own. Uh, three weeks ago, Pastor Glenn talked about uh, the need in our lives for, for daily Bible reading, for, for, for getting into God's Word and allowing God to speak to us, for, for prayer on a, uh, on a daily basis. And so uh, there's the way that God works in that relationship where he invited us to come and follow him that we do on our own. And again, the, the miracle that takes place when we, we choose to step out of uh, the routines and the habits and the demands of our week and we come together to worship in our, our diversity and God does the miracle of, of bringing us together and the Holy Spirit speaks to each one of us as we gather together in worship. There's so much that we can learn and, and uh, connect with God uh, through rows as we worship like this. But God also calls us to experience life in the way that God created us, to live out those one another's. And in order to do that, we have to step out of isolation. We have to step out of the rows and, and come into circles of relationship where we can do life together. That's what God describes in his instructions for us as the church. We, Pastor Glenn mentioned the, the small, big, serve ideas as, as so important for us as we live out our mission. And in the coming weeks, there'll be more talk about the big and the serve. And this morning, I want to talk about the small and, and ask the question, you know, do you have your small? Do you have that experience where you step out of the, the rows and the events and you move into a circle of relationships that small uh, that you do life together? And I want to say that this, again, is not a new value for our church. It's something that's been a part of Purpose Church from the beginning. And Purpose Church has started in a home and, and uh, grew and, and has been different sizes over the years. But always there's been that, that key of living out God's commands and his instructions of doing life together. And we have had uh, a history of people moving out of the rows and into smaller settings where they could do life together and have teaching and growth together. 
We have adult Bible classes that, uh, we, that have been called uh, Sunday school classes and adult Bible fellowships and many other things and now called Sunday morning life groups. And uh, as, as we look at the, the listing or the brochure that describes all of our Sunday morning life groups, uh, I, was, I was looking at it this week and I talked with some of our pastors who've been here longer than me and realized that six or maybe seven of the 23 groups have been together as a class for over, over 20 years, 20 years or more. Uh, and some of them have been together for, for 40 years or 30 years. And so to think about that, people who've, who've stepped out of rows and, and come into a smaller setting, uh, some of those settings are, are 10 people and some of those settings are 150 people, but moved into those settings where, where they've been able to uh, do life together and they've been doing that month after month, year after year, decade after decade and having that experience over that sustained long period of time. That's been the, the history and the DNA of, of Purpose Church. And now as... Uh, uh, as we look at that, like I said, there are 23 uh, different groups that meet on Sunday mornings during the 8.30 service, the 9.45 service, and 11.11 service. And I just want to see a show of hands of those of you who are involved in one of those uh, Sunday morning life groups. Just raise your hand so people around can see. Um, these are people that can tell you about their group. Maybe that group would be a place for you uh, to join in uh, doing life together. As we have, have this history and this, this strong value one of the things we saw is that as, as great as those groups were, and as many people were connecting in those groups or men's or women's groups or marriage groups or those kinds of things, there were, there were many others who were coming into our church or even had been in our church for a number of years and were not finding those kinds of connections. They, they needed a different kind of group. They needed a different kind of experience to help them make that connection because many of them, it was taking far too long to make that connection. And sometimes they didn't connect at our church and didn't stay at our church. And so two years ago, we added something called Rooted. And over these past couple of weeks, I've been having conversations with people. And some of them, some of you have been in the church for a couple of years or some of you are brand new. And you say, I, I've, I've heard of Rooted and I hear people excited about it, but, but what is it? So let me just take uh, two minutes to, to, to describe for you and explain to you a little bit more about root, what Rooted is. We don't want to be mysterious about it and not share with you what uh, the experience is all about. Rooted began in, in Kenya, in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, there was a pastor named Rithi who, uh, uh, in, interestingly enough, he actually uh, did his studies here. He was from Kenya, but he did his studies at Fuller Seminary, great seminary. Uh, and uh, he... Uh, uh, he also, while he was uh, studying at Fuller, uh, he and his wife actually uh, started a youth ministry and then it grew into a young adult ministry and grew into a church. And so he pastored a church in Pomona uh, while he was at, at Fuller in this growing uh, church of young Kenyans um, from the area. And then he went back to Kenya and he had a role in the church where it was his role to to connect people, a role kind of like what I have here in terms of, of discipleship and groups of how people can make connections in the church that would make a difference for their life, not just for the length of a class, but for uh, sustained periods of time in their life. 
And so as he was doing that, he didn't set out to write a book that would go across the world. Uh, instead, he saw a need. He saw a need for people to be able to, 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 to get more than information, but to see life transformation happen in a group setting. And so he started uh, writing these weekly experiences uh, where people would do some daily readings and then come together, share about those, and, and grapple with those together, and then have experiences, not just talk about it, but have experiences in those areas. Areas. And so what happened is God started to do amazing things in that church. And then uh, in other churches in, in Kenya and then some other churches in Africa uh, started to have this experience. And some other church actually put it into a book form and he thought, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, and so they, they, it started happening just uh, um, supernaturally. And then a, a church here in Southern California heard about it and, and they went to Kenya and, and uh, they had a young intern in their church who had been from that Kenyan church. And so he took them uh, there to, to Kenya and they brought it here and through that church, we began uh, exploring Rooted Here. And uh, for those of you who've been in the, the church and maybe been a part of groups or discipleship, to give you some idea, there's a, I think there are seasons in the church as a whole uh, in North America and worldwide where God anoints uh, different people to, to, to bring together some experiences or, or materials that have a, a broad impact, a lasting impact for years and years. And it's not something spectacular about that material usually, and it's not this time either. Uh, but instead, uh, an anointing that happens. And, and so some of you may have been a part of groups in the past that, that uh, used some Navigators materials or uh, some Campus Crusade materials or, or did Experiencing God together, or I could list many, many of those. That, that there was anointing for that time to uh, materials or an experience that uh, groups didn't keep doing that same thing over and over again, but that experience... That, that what they experienced in a group made a difference of the kind of uh, life impact on that group and that group as they went on to do other studies were impacted by that. That's what's been happening with Rooted Worldwide. Uh, and it's amazing to, to think about uh, that uh, what's different about this one, instead of coming from uh, North America or, or Western Europe, um, it's coming from Africa where God is doing amazing things and uh, we're seeing those same kind of experiences here. So it's a 10-week experience where you have readings and experiences and, and sharing life together to connect with God in a deeper way. Wherever you're at in your walk with God, to, to connect with other people in a way that you, you share life together and then to find your purpose, to live that out uh, in new ways. Just a note about Pastor Marithi. Uh, Sham and I, Pastor Sham and I had a chance uh, to go to Kenya in last February. And uh, we had a chance to meet with uh, Marithi and Carol and to spend two days with the church there. And we thought we were going to find out more about Rooted, but we actually ended up starting to talk about planting churches together and, and, and joining together for ministry other places in the world. And that led to then last summer, we had a chance to, to uh, talk with uh, or to, to work with a, a church planner from his church, Mavuno Church, and work with them in, in Lusaka in uh, Zambia. And then uh, we had a chance to meet with Carol and Marithi. This picture is uh, when they were here in, in Southern California. We had to go down to Newport Beach to meet with them. And uh, uh, our pastors, Pastor Glenn and our pastors, had a chance to have lunch with them. And we started talking more about how we could join together for ministry. And out of that came uh, when you heard the First Fruits offering, uh, the First Fruits offering, half of that going to our Justice Center and half of that uh, to go towards planting a church with Mavuno Church from Kenya in 
uh, Cairo, Egypt. So we're joining together with a church in Kenya to plant a church to reach people for Jesus Christ in Cairo, Egypt. And all that is, is what God's been orchestrating as we started on this journey two years ago. And so we came to the place of, of being convinced that, that Rooted was something that would give us that missing piece in our discipleship and groups process here. And so we launched it two years ago. And I think here's a, a, a photo of um, our first class. We had about 400 people complete Rooted the first time. Uh, many of you jumped in and, and were pioneers with us uh, as facilitators or as participants. And out of that group of 400, many of the people had been in our church for some time and already had groups and, and places to serve and things like that. But in spite of that, we had new experiences and, and great experiences of connecting with God and connecting with others and, and finding our purpose. But we had no idea what would happen as we continued uh, with Rooted over the, these past two years. As the next groups, we still had many people that had been experienced in our church who were able to jump in one of the next rounds of Rooted. But the highest percentage of people were brand new to our church or had never been to our church or had been here for years but had never really made those connections or served in our church. And so we've seen God do some amazing things over those two years. Here are, here's the story of two guys, Chris and Brian. Who, uh, who joined in that first round of Rooted and are still in a life group, uh, listen to their story. Knowing what I know now, four years later, I wish I had started a life group four years ago. Three years ago, my wife Natalie and I got married and we started going to church and at the time that was enough. But it wasn't until we started to go to our life group that we realized that there was so much more. For me, I hadn't been involved in church because didn't have time to join another group, another weekly commitment. Time was always my excuse as well. But then my wife kind of challenged me by saying, my friend uh, Chris yeah. is going to start going to Rooted. It's starting Rooted. I think we texted each other like, Dude, are, you doing, are you doing Rooted? <laughs> are you really you're doing it? Do it I mean... <laughs> Before being part of the group, I couldn't have imagined that being my choice. Four years ago, I would have gone home to watch football. Right. And now I look forward to that. Yeah, lunch to, the, to the hangout. And then usually it ends up in let's go to lunch, you know, like somewhere around in the area. We all go to lunch and where football is on. Where <laughs> they had that football on. I never thought something was missing in my life. And I didn't realize that this really existed, this friendship with other families, other believers. Being in a life group, it's given me a chance to see how other dads that have the same values that I have parent and given me the opportunity to learn from them. I wish we would have done this sooner. It's, it's just, just changed everything. Well, three things uh, that I want you to notice uh, that you may, might have noticed in that video. First is uh, they said they didn't have time. And I think that's been true of every one of the over a thousand people who've jumped into Rooted. Uh, none of us had, had time for it. We had to, to find time or carve out time in our schedules to make it work. Second thing is, is and I can ask Chris if this would be accurate, but uh, I think with Chris and Brian, uh, probably more on this end of the spectrum with the uh, slash across the R rather than the C. They, you know, as you heard them talk, they weren't coming to church looking for a group to join or, or looking to get in, a, in, a, in those relationships. But through that experience, as they stepped out and, and experienced that and, and began doing life together, they found something that they were missing that they didn't even know they were 
were missing. So again, uh, as we look at our groups here and the opportunity for you to find your small, it's not just for those at this end of the spectrum, but it's for all of us. And the third thing is, notice how much they talked about and, the, and you saw them eating. Because again, that's the key to all of our groups, eating, right? The best groups have, have food. And uh, like I said, my groups tend to have unhealthy food, and we love that. So, uh, but, uh, uh, so we, we have seen, that's just the story of one group and, and two guys. Um, but we have hundreds of stories that we could tell you about people who uh, stepped in and, and what, what's happened since they stepped in. And I'm going to tell you all 100 of the stories. No, I'm not going to do that. Let me just share a couple. Like there, there's the, the guy who um, I met with him to counsel him and, uh, before he ever thought about Rooted. And just talking to him about what his experience in the church. He'd been in the church for years, and this is what his experience was in the church. He loved Purpose Church. He loved Pastor Glenn. He loved the worship service. So every Sunday he would come and he would, he would take his kids, uh, drop them off at their classes or groups, and then he would go up to the balcony and he had his place where he sat every week in the balcony for worship. He'd say hi to the people around him. He's not an unfriendly guy, but he'd say hi to people. And then he would go back, pick up his kids, and go home. And that was his experience at Purpose Church. And, and he, so out of that, he, he took a step to join in Rooted. And through that, he became a part of a, a Rooted group and then a life group that transformed his life, uh, the life of his family. And now he comes to worship and, and his experience isn't just a Sunday morning experience, but to see his life transformed through that experience. Or there's a woman who uh, had been burned, uh, wounded by another church and some people in that church. And, and because of that, she, and she was at a really tough place in her life. Because of that, she really didn't want to have anything to do with the church. She didn't want to, she, her friend, uh, she never responded to invitations to come to Purpose Church, but, but she heard about this woman's, her friend's experience in Rooted, and she said, well, I want to do that. I'm just not going to go to church with you, but I'll, I'll do, do that experience. And through that, uh, she began to, to renew that relationship with Christ and, and make connections with other women. And then she became, uh, started to come to worship and, and, be, and has become, was baptized and become a vital part of our church and is serving in our church. Or there's a, the, the man who's been a part of one of those large uh, Sunday morning groups for over 30 years. And been in leadership and different positions in that group and loves that group and gets great teaching there. But he joined into Rooted and said, you know, I'm, at week five, he, he told me, he said, you know, I'm experiencing something in this experience of Rooted that I've never experienced before. Sharing my life and, and praying with people at a level that I've never prayed with or done life with people in the past. And so there's many stories across the way. And also the, the stories uh, stretch across all of Purpose Church. In Claremont, as we're launching a new campus, they are also launching those rooted groups this week. In Indiana, at Mercy Road, Josh Huseman starts uh, their community groups uh, through Rooted. Uh, and this week, I had a chance to talk with Mary Todd, our campus pastor in, in Montana. And she was so excited as she's just coming to the end of the, the first two rooted groups that they're having in that church. And two people came to Christ this past week uh, through that rooted group. And so we're ready to, to launch a, a new uh, uh, experience of Rooted. This Wednesday night, we have the kickoff. And if you haven't experienced it, um, we would love to help you find a, a group that works for you. But Rooted was never intended to be a 10-week experience. You, you do Rooted and then you're kind of set for life, uh, where now you've had your community experience. Uh, again, it, and it's not something you're supposed to keep repeating Rooted again and again. Instead, uh, it was supposed to be an experience for those of you who've never experienced it before, or maybe if you've experienced it before, to then 
continue on living in community, living in that small uh, experience. So how do we live out that experience? Um, we've, we've had a history and we've had groups for many years who've, who've had this value and we have fresh new ways that that's being lived out. How do we live it out today? The first question is, is do you have your small? Do you have that place uh, where you can step out of rows and step into relationships and, and do life together? A year ago, if you asked me that question, I would have had to say, no, I don't. My wife, Lori, and I, we didn't have that. We had uh, great friendships and relationships on our pastoral team and with spouses and families and, and other leadership. And, and I was uh, forming all these different groups that were experiencing this. But for us together to have that experience, uh, we weren't experiencing that on a weekly basis. And I have to confess, uh, over the first year and a half, um, I, had been, I had experienced Rooted by myself, but we hadn't done Rooted together as a couple or become a part of a group as a couple. And so for a year and a half, I tried to orchestrate finding the, the perfect group, a, a blend of some people we knew in the church and some new people that I knew you know, she would be comfortable with and it would all work out. And I, I tried several times to, to start a group on a certain night and then there weren't enough people to do that night or whatever happened, it just kept failing. And so finally, last spring, we said, okay, we're going to commit to do this. So we're going to do a Sunday morning group and we'll facilitate a group and whoever signs up, that's going to be our group. And we'll at least experience 10 weeks. Who knows whether we'll make connections or, or how that'll work. Uh, but, but we did what, I, what we've been telling everybody else to do. And as pastors, we're being challenged to live out these values just as you are. As, as we talk about these values, it's not just for you in the church, but it's for us in the church. And so uh, we took that step and we, uh, we, we joined a, a rooted group where we had this. This was our, our rooted group when we started out. Uh, one of the, yes. <laughs> and we had people uh, like Manuel and Christine here who had been in the church for a little while, uh, but had come from another church where they were so involved and here they just were coming in and going out and not really experiencing that. Others who were uh, Greg and Susan, who now lead our group, um, had, weren't even in our church yet. They they came to Rooted, but weren't in our church yet. Uh, Wadi and Didi and, and Ralph, uh, new to the church. And so uh, we came together and uh, didn't know each other, and we experienced life together in a way that we never dreamed. After halfway through the group, we, we realized that God was doing an amazing thing and that we wanted to continue uh, doing life together. And, and we were challenged and we grew together during the Rooted experience, and we've continued on as a life group. We, we switched to Thursday nights, and not one of us or none of the the people in the group had time to do a Thursday night group. But we all committed to it, and we don't have any trouble uh, keeping that commitment because of what it means to us on a, on a weekly basis. And we have a blast together. Uh, here's a picture of our, our uh, Christmas party. We eat together a lot. Uh, we, we, we've had lots of fun times together. But also it's a place where we can be safe to, to be real, uh, where we've shared together and cried together about uh, job and financial struggles, where we've uh, cried and, 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 and prayed together about marital struggles and, and family struggles and uh, that place. And the group appreciates uh, me being in the group because they realize I'm just as messed up as all the rest of them. And, and together, uh, we're seeking Christ to do an amazing thing in us, in that, yeah, that group, as, as we work together. And so we have, Lori and I now have our small um, maybe you've been in a season before where you've had that and you don't have it now, or maybe you've never experienced it before. Um, if you don't have that for yourself, where you can step out of these rows into a circle of relationships, then I want to encourage you to think about what's standing in the way. What's standing in the way of you, you entering into that this week? 
Uh, some of you would say, you know, I just don't have time. And that, like I said, is true of all of us. We have to figure out how to, how to make time to make it a priority in our schedules. Or people say, I'm too new, I don't know enough, or, or I'm, I'm too young. These are for older people, right? Or I'm not so young, so are these for the younger people? Or uh, I'm a guy, you know, guys don't do that kind of thing. Or, or uh, you know, I'm just not into groups or talking or all those kinds of things. Uh, I know we had one guy in our, our cardboard testimonies. His cardboard testimony was... Uh, 10 weeks ago when we started, I hate small groups was where he's at. And then he turned it over and said, I've changed my mind because of that experience. We have people again and again who've overcome those things. Uh, Maybe English isn't your first language. Whatever it is, we've had people who've had those barriers and they've taken a step to say, I'm not just going to go into a group that I know I'm going to be comfortable, but I'm going to trust God to do a miracle uh, when I step out to join a group. And so we want to invite you to take a step this morning. Uh, If you don't have that small, to to find that. And I've got some pictures that are going to play here of some different groups. Just to give you an idea, these are just eight pictures, I think, seven or eight pictures of a a variety of groups, uh, men's groups, women's groups, uh, young, old, older. Uh, you can decide which, which category you're in if you see your picture up there. Uh, but, uh, but, but we have a variety of groups and stories of, of uh, groups that are at the same place in life and groups that are all across the board. We have a group that just completed and is going on as a, a life group that uh, has uh, had an 18-year-old uh, and uh, women in their uh, 80s in, in the same group and everything in between. So the richness of, of all those kinds of groups. And so uh, what will you do this week? If you don't have your small, uh, as I invite uh, Jarrett and the worship team to come back up, I want to encourage you today to not leave without taking that step. We've got people in the lobby. There are people with rooted shirts on both ends. Uh, In the center, we have uh, places where you can find information on the Sunday morning life groups and about the restart groups that are happening. Uh, maybe again, like I said, maybe you went through Rooted and you had a great experience, but then your group didn't continue. We want to help you find a group uh, that will fit you now. And so uh, take, take the, the, the challenge and the opportunity that as we stand to worship right now, as we kick back into worship, um, this isn't something we're not to follow after God. We're not to praise God on our own in isolation, but it's a work that he wants to do, us, do in us as we join into community. So as you, as you sing... Uh, think about what God wants you to do in that next step that you can take this week. Mm-hmm.